Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is a delightful form. One of the many forums you might find on the internet if you happen to be looking for information about Unix. So you may be asking yourself, Lou, what exactly is a Unix? I'm going to listen to this for like half an hour. I need to know what I'm getting into. So for that, for a description of what a Unix is, I will defer to the Unix Archive Forum's front site, which is unicworld.com. And Unix World is it's all kind of it kind of looks like a wiki page about being a Unix. And uh, just the simple description is uh, the most basic information about Unix. What is a Unix? A eunuch is a biological male who has been castrated or whose testicles have been removed or are non-functioning. The earliest records for intentional castration of humans are from the Sumerian city of Lagash in the 21st century BCE. Eunuchs have existed throughout history since and have performed many different social roles including but not limited to domestics, singers, there are still a significant number who seek voluntary castration. But the largest number are the result of treatment for advanced prostate cancer. Castration is the treatment of choice after all other therapies have failed. About one-third of all men with prostate cancer are castrated within six months after diagnosis. In the U.S., Medicare alone pays for over 80,000 castrations per year, and there are over 600,000 prostate cancer eunuchs. The Unic Archive provides an essential support network for people seeking information on castration for medical reasons, to satisfy a gender dysphoria, body dysmorphia, or simply as a sexual fantasy. This community connects those with an interest in castration to help separate fact from fiction. And there you go. It's a lot to take in. But uh, there's a forum associated with this website, and it is, as mentioned earlier, the Unic Archive, which is a discussion board of Unic topics. So, that's what we're in for. Now, if you don't like to hear about uh, your junk, if you're a man, uh, your junk being removed or mutilated, this might be a cringeworthy episode for you. Um, I am going to say right off the bat that it's like Googling around, trying to find other sites. I found DVD called American Eunuch, and then I went and I Googled that, and the first hit was this YouTube video, and I thought it was going to be people discussing this topic. But no, I'm pretty sure the very first frame was someone's dick being cut off. And I didn't, I wasn't able to close the window before seeing it removed. And uh, yeah, it led to about a minute of rubbing my eyes and exclaiming the horror <laughs> of what I had just seen. Because uh, even though it's not my penis being removed, you know, you feel the pain when you see that kind of thing. So, you know, there's a lot of grotesque imagery out there for the... I was looking for something for the pod, the blog uh, image to, you know, go with the hilarious blog post I'm going to write about this. And, uh, yeah, not awesome. A lot of, you know, BME zine-style gross images of uh, removed dicks and things like that. So, I don't know, but I'm not going to recommend that you Google that yourself. I think that my description is probably more than enough for you. But if you gotta... <laughs> you should uh, definitely look up uh, Illustrator because that is uh, that is uh, a troubling concept, but apparently something that people do. Anyway, like I said, don't look don't look at the Google images for anything I talk about in this podcast because unless looking at you know 
dead dicks is is your thing. <laughs> oh, helicopter. This is New York. We are under martial law. Anyway, so now that I've said discouraging things, let's get right into this thing. You're still here. We're going to do it. I'm, I'm here with you. I'm holding your cyber hand as we go into the forums at eunuch.org. Where to start? <laughs> so terrible. So terrible. Okay. Oh, my account was validated. Um, I did join this stupid forum in order to see if there was more things to see, but there was not. And the first post I'll read as we dive into the delights of eunuch.org is by a guest member by the name of Gordon J. And this is in the Eunuch Archive Message Boards subforum Archive Special Interests Groups, subforum Archive Penectomy Forums, subforum Penectomy Bulletin Board, in a thread entitled Freeze Your Bits Off. And it goes like this. Recently, I've pondered on what might happen if I froze my dick with liquid nitrogen. Would I get frostbite and would it go all black, just ready for breaking up by hand? There would be no need to worry about a fountain of blood gushing out, and I may be able <laughs> and I may be able to drive to the hospital, wait in the waiting room for my name to be called. I could even make the excuse that I fell off overnight. What? <laughs> <laughs> I could even make the excuse that I fell off overnight when taking a leak in the snow. Indeed, I may resemble a Greek statue with the uneven look as though the cock just fell off, which I think would be cool. In theory, this might be possible, but of course, there would be pain. Moreover, the timing would have to be spot on. I've read that monks in Tibet froze limbs before cutting them off and lose them rights. Hmm, going out on a limb here, but I'm guessing necrosis blackening followed by huge blood loss once it thaws out. After that fun, I'm guessing the next step would be some sort of gangrenous infection. That sounds hot. Barfing emoticon. And Kenneth writes, At one point in my life, I tried a freezing experiment with... <laughs> Fuck. Oh, already I can't read through these things. All right. At one point in my life, I tried a freezing experiment on both balls and dick. It was extremely painful and there was some tissue lose. What you are considering is very dangerous. The process will be very painful if you survive the flash freeze. Live human tissue that you're talking about has a kind of an explosive reaction, meaning very violent reaction, which may put your body into shock and in that case you will die. Yes, there would be blood lose and I highly recommend that you forget the idea and seek out a doctor and have it removed properly. If this is the path you still insist on choosing, get some good life insurance, a casket, and a plot where to be buried, and may you rest in peace. And Francis writes, Not a good idea. Do a Google on frostbite and penis, and you will see a number of websites on the subject of frostbite, a number of which refer to frostbitten penis and also scrotum in some. In the cold countries where temps of 40 degrees below zero are prevalent in winter, it is something to beware of. In really cold temps, you must be careful when taking a leak, and you must be careful to keep the crotch area dry since any moisture destroys the effectiveness of insulation materials. In case you're a winter jogger... <laughs> okay. In case you are a winter jogger, people have also been known to get frostbitten penises just jogging in shorts in cold weather. There are varying degrees of damage, mostly painful, and sometimes, in case of severe damage, gangrene can set in. Amputation is a usual remedy for significant frostbite. The websites from above search will give you plenty of information about why it is not a good idea. BTW. If you go ahead anyways, please take good pics of the outcome and pass them on to anyone else who wants to try. 
Okay. And HDLSS underscore HRSMN writes, Skin damage is virtually instantaneous. I've toyed with liquid nitrogen in various capacities. Cooling for electronics, environmentally friendly bug killer, most bugs freeze, come back to life, and die days or weeks later from the damage. As a necessary component in only infrared cameras, unfortunately no longer necessary, even as a way to cool drinks or make ice really fast. When the stuff was costing us a buck a liter, we got a shipment every week, whether we needed it or not. We tended to find a use for it before it could evaporate. Sometimes we would fill a racquetball with it and throw it at the wall outside just to watch the ensuing mess. I've been splashed with it a couple of times, and it causes burns on contact. The end result looks and feels very similar to a hot oil burn, but the scarring is not as severe. Many oil burns never disappear, but I no longer can see any of the LN2 burns I got on the forearms and backs of the hands. Just like boiling oil, LN2 cannot transfer heat instantaneously, so the time spent in contact is very important, determining the depth that gets frozen. Also, ice does not transmit heat as well as liquid water, so the frozen layer acts as a bit of an insulation, slowing the freezing process. The only way I can imagine using LN2 on a penis in a somewhat safe manner would be if it was already numbed and banded, then dunked to make sure there was no hope whatsoever of salvaging it. It then becomes academic, who actually chops it off or if it's allowed to fall off at the band. But the LN2 alone isn't going to make it fall off or break off. These guys are party poopers. But now we all know, don't dip your junk in liquid nitrogen. Okay, on to the next brilliant thread. And, and again in the penectomy bulletin board, a member by the name of Stewie69 writes in a thread he entitled, The Fear Boner. I've just been in one of my fantasy moods again. I've thought about cutting my cock off since I was a kid, and it still never ceases to amaze me how such thoughts cause me such throbbing erections. It's like my cock is jumping up and yelling, ooh, ooh, cut me off, please. I don't get it. I just enjoy the rush. They say penises have a mind of their own. I know I love my dick. Maybe my dick just doesn't love me. And Punky Pink writes, Well, what is a mind? A sort of brain? Where do you find brains? Inside heads. What does a dick have? A head. Mystery solved. Ugh. And Bangleballs writes, I've had a fantasy slash desire to cut my dick off pretty much since I hit puberty. As a gay kid, I think part of me blamed my dick for it, as if it was the thing that caused me to have the wrong feelings. Pretty much the only time I haven't fantasized about doing it while jerking off was when I was in a relationship. I'm pretty sure my often frustrations with being gay are the underlying reasons for this desire. Of course, I realize as much as I want to experience it, I know a few days slash weeks after, I'd very much regret having done it. Much like the one time I set it ablaze using lighter fluid. The rush and orgasm at the time were amazing, but the following week of horrible pain at the slightest touch made me regret ever coming up with the idea. Anyway, it just seems to me that those of us who fantasize about it being chopped off but would never want it to really happen must have a reason for such contrary fantasies. And Stewie69 replies, I'm straight, so I can't say I blame my dick for anything. Plus, I've had thoughts of cutting my penis off since I was very young, before I even knew what a penis was for. I just felt like taking scissors or a kitchen knife and cutting it off. Those thoughts gave me my earliest erections and my very first experiences with masturbation. It was so ironic. I loved playing with it, yet the thought of it being gone got me so excited. I grew up to be a guy who loves sex, but I can't shake the thoughts of chopping off my cock and the thrill that goes with them. And Null Orchis writes, There is probably some underlying reason why you fantasize a desire to cut off your dick. 
But if you don't want to spend a lot of money and time going through therapy, you may never know the reason. If you really do chop it off, you will spend some time in emergency and a lot of time going through therapy. The important thing is to enjoy your fantasies as long as they cause no harm to yourself or others. Keeping such fantasies to yourself or posting it anonymously will ensure that other people don't harm you by thinking you are deranged and avoiding you like the plague. It would also be good that you don't do drugs or get drunk. Fantasies that involve harming oneself or others can turn into reality when you lose self-control. Other than that, it doesn't matter if you are straight or gay. Have sex with others, sex with only yourself, or no sex at all. A good private fantasy can help one get through the day. Try using Photoshop. You can create a virtual video of chopping off your cock. Have it fall on the floor, jump back up, and reattach itself. That's pretty harmless and might add a new dimension to your fantasy. And fiancé UV big guy writes, Yoli checking in. Stewie, before I begin my little narrative, I want all to know that I'll relate all that I can recall of this event the first time. No point in asking for further details or sending PMs asking for elaboration, okay? That bit of grouchery stated, here goes. Your quote-unquote fear boner, as you call it, is no surprise to me, because I've seen them before. Well, not a lot of them, but the same one a couple of times, and one other, meaning same phenomenon, different PP. Some here may recall that the first adult penis I ever saw was a smelly and erect one appended to the creep that tried to rape me when I was in the 8th grade. Prior to that event, however, I had seen a penis on a few occasions, that of a young relative who served the role of patient or little bad boy when at a secret play with two female cousins and another boy from the neighborhood. It was no more than playing doctor as so many kids have done and will forever do, but there was a, in retrospect, a bit more edge to it. I don't even know what that means. Okay. The routine was always the same. The patient disrobed and was examined by the doctors. Said doctors being at least one of the girls, usually both, and sometimes the other boy. He has since come out as gay. Whatever the imagined malady was, the recommended treatment was always the same. Amputation of the penis and or simple castration. Then the operation was simulated, and as one might expect, a few times I was present, I noted that the patient's penis would be erect from the first touch of the examiner, and when it was handled for the pretend amputation, it seemed to become even more rigid. After the quote-unquote operation, the patient was covered and pretended to weep and lament for the loss of his item. Then, and I thought this to be very weird, still do, the other boy would drop his drawers and show his erect organ to the quote-unquote amputee, taunting him over his loss. Like I said, weird. The other instance of fear boner I'm aware of took place at a rather rowdy party we hosted here a couple of years ago. Among the guests were a married couple in their late 30s. They were nice-looking, intelligent, and seemingly a happy couple. Well, later in the evening, we were all naked in and or around the pool. I went into the kitchen in the big house to prepare some sliced fruit and melons. The wife half of the aforementioned couple went with me to assist. As we stood at the center aisle, knife in hand, the hubby naked and with a plump and impressive dangler wandered in and said something to the effect that this wasn't a safe place for a guy. The wife said, just flop that thing on this board and I'll prove you you're right. The hubby laid it on the board and with 20 seconds or so it was fully erect. She laid back the side of the blade on the penis and sawed at it gently for a moment. I was bug-eyed. After a few strokes, she told him to get out of her way or she'd cut it off for real. He kissed her and left. I asked if they'd ever done anything like that before and she replied that they'd been playing such games since they were sweethearts in junior high. So fear boners, motivated not by actual fear, of course, are not new to me, or I suspect many men and boys. Yoli, on a related note, C-sharp. Wow.
And Stewie replies, I, I very much wish I had a partner who would be willing to play like that. The problem is, I'm afraid if I bring up the fantasy, I'll be thought of as a freak and ruin an otherwise good relationship. The closest I ever got was with a girl I once dated who'd bite my penis once in a while. Not hard enough to harm, but definitely enough to excite me. She only did it a few times, and each time there was a fleeting thought that she just might bite it off. Gotta tell you, I came pretty hard when she did that. When it comes to cutlery, I've pretty much been limited to pretending to cut off my own cock. Okay. And I'm gonna, there's more to that. <laughs> but I think uh, I'm gonna skip it and move on to the next thread. For the next thread, we'll move out of the penectomy board and move on to the eunuch archive message board subforum exploration and interest subforum ladies and gentlemen subforum in a thread started by snakeskin entitled i don't like my cock or balls what should i do and it goes like this as the title says i don't like my cock or balls i think my balls are too small and my cock is not thick enough and that's the end of the post and chemcast scott writes i know just how you feel I do not like my balls and will be glad to get rid of them. I will no doubt keep my cock for just now anyway. But having a total dislike for our cock and balls seems to be a very big thing. Going by the amount of people who say that on here anyway. And Snakeskin replies, Okay, I don't just dislike them, I hate them. My body is more femme than male and my balls are small and my cock is just plain weird. And Tilt writes, I bet it's nice. I would love to see it actually. And Jockey Elance writes, It sounds like your reason for disliking your cock and balls are different than most of the guys here who say they don't like theirs. Do you just want them to be bigger or would you rather lose the package than have one that you don't like? If you just want them bigger, you could try male enhancement products or something. And CoinFlipper21 writes, I have been considering removing my non-functioning testicles and my scrotum for aesthetic reasons. The reason that I haven't is mostly financial. How much more elective does surgery get? and the fact that my doctor cringes in fear whenever I bring up the subject. I have discussed this with several women, and most seem to agree that scrotums are ugly. They like penises, but with the exception of the dominatrix types who like to torture them, would rather not have to deal with balls and sacks at all. So unless you are TG, or really want to be a nullo, keep the dick and go HRT. Oh, that's hormone replacement therapy. I thought of that myself. That's how my brain works. If you have a partner, you really need to sound them out on this one. I have a prolactin-secreting tumor, which feminized my body during the 12 years it was undetected. While my wife says she can't get excited over a man who has tits, even with normal hormone level, the tits once developed get smaller but never go away. I have met a surprising number of women that really enjoy it. So if you are straight, you shouldn't worry about your body being femme. And lots of women like a thin penis. If you simply hate your male parts, maybe you should be seeing a therapist before you go any further. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. And Kelly's Larkin writes, And other cocks don't look weird? They all look weird. It's not their appearance. It's their function you should be concerned with. Do you want a male sex drive? Yes. Keep the balls. Do you want additional masculine secondary features? Yes. See doctor about possible low testosterone production. Do you want to be able to have penetrative sex and easy to reach orgasms? Yes. Keep penis. Do you want to transition gender? You'd probably be a good candidate. You would also already know the answer to this question if you have to think about it. You don't. Finally, how old are you? I didn't start masculinizing until around 17, and it continued to progress until I was 28 or so. I wasn't comfortable and happy with my male body until my early 30s. And Snakeskin ends the thread by replying, I'm 20, going on 21. I want to have vaginal sex, but I'm a virgin. And in a new thread, still in the Ladies and Gentlemen's Forum, Lister02 writes in a thread he entitled, 
how does an empty scrotum feel? And it goes like this. I know what smaller testicles feel like from TRT. No idea what that means. I find it a lot more comfortable. Oh, maybe testicle reduction. No, testosterone reduction therapy. Okay. That's I'm going to guess. Okay. I know what smaller testicles feel like from TRT, which I believe is testosterone reduction therapy. I find it a lot more comfortable. What does it feel like when there are none? Does your scrotum tighten up into a bump or what? I have no interest in removing it, so no smoothies, please. How do your wives comment or react when they feel your empty sack? And Sensenbender writes, You can try it for yourself by putting an O-ring, I use a 1 and 3 quarters inch OD, down over your penis, hard or soft, then pull your scrotum up through the empty ring, leaving your balls behind up in your pubic cavity, from which they descend in infancy. Your scrotum will then be empty, and you can see for yourself how it feels. And SD Yuck 2000 writes, Empty scrotum feels great. I no longer wear underwear as there is nothing to support. My wife loves to dig her fingernails into the empty sack during sex. If she's not careful, she can bring me to orgasm by doing this. And lose them rights. It's difficult to truly know what it feels unless you have one. While I suppose I do know what it feels like to have balls since I've been castrated, I can't remember what it was like. My empty scrotum is just how I am now, and it seems right to me. When I first had it, things were a bit odd, but now it's just how I am. My day-to-day life is just as it was before, and I don't think about it. And Raymar2020 writes, My experience is different than many, since my testicles were very small. I have little scrotal skin, but I can assure you that it feels great empty. There is a lot of sensation in the area, that when I had testicles, I was not willing to explore due to the pain I so often had. Oh, lordy. And Steve's D writes, Well, my small testicles hide up inside the sack when I get a hard-on now. They have started shrinking since I had a vasectomy. When I do get hard, the balls go inside the body and I am smooth down below, as if I am a eunuch. Well, I wonder when I am castrated, if there will be just as smooth down there, since no balls will be in the sack. My urologist thinks something is very wrong with the balls shrinking and did some fact-finding. To find out two weeks ago, when I had my vasectomy years ago, the urologist cut off some of the blood supply and I did not notice the balls shrinking until two years ago. Urologist put me on HRT cream, Androman, 2% test. It seemed to bring back some muscle mass and gives me less tired. Marine Sergeant, San Francisco, California. And Philippe writes, I finally made up my mind to have my empty sack removed while on a trip through Egypt. I was so tired of having this hanging piece of skin sticking to the inside of my thigh and itching, starting to drive me crazy. Enough is enough. I went to see Murray Kimmel in Philly when I got back to the States. My biggest complaint about Dr. Kimmel is that he left too much scrotum. The incision seemed to be done in a haphazard way. This left more scrotal tissue remaining on one side and quite the ugly scar on the other. I did not get the smooth result I was looking for, but it is better than it was. Now that both Spectre and Kimmel are out of the picture, I have no idea who to go to see to have this resolved. Hey, I don't itch as much, and there's not much left to stick to. I just want more. Oh, this is getting gross. Okay. And Cut Cock writes, I hate having an empty scrotum. I wish I had testicular implants. Both testicles have been removed for almost a decade now. While my scrotum does not have testes, it does feel like there's something in there, like stringy or wormish. I don't know how to explain it. I think the size of the skin has decreased over the years, though. I can't be sure. Maybe I've grown and memory is is bad. That guy's mad about it. Worms. (laughs) And Bob Weekend replies, I'm on my third set of nudicles. 
I started with the EBM 3.5 inch, then I went with the extra large dog ones, 2.2 inches. Finally, I settled for the 2.75 inches. Nudicles. Genius. There is also more of that, but I will stop reading it. And in a similar thread, but in a different subform, in the Castration Issues and Discussion subform, subform Unix Central, Flatbagger09, a guest forum member, writes in a thread he entitled, Empty Scrotum Sticking to My Legs. And it goes like this. I have noticed that since the weather is getting hotter, that my empty scrotum wants to stick to my legs, causing me discomfort. Have others had to deal with this? What can be done to fix this? And Kenneth7 writes, Yes, I have read many eunuchs that have that problem. That was the main reason that I had mine removed, but I do not know what, if anything, that would help. And Tugon writes, Oh, the hot, sweaty months and the sticking scrotum. Since of my weight redistributed to my thighs, I think the problem is worse. I do not have discomfort, but I become tired of separating them. And B. Flash writes, Funny this subject is being brought up. I was stuck in traffic today, and I was so frustrated with my sack being stuck to my thigh. It drives me nutless in this hot weather. Oh, nutless. Nice to know that you've got a sense of humor about not having any balls. And Francis writes, This might be fixed if you had implants to fill the bag the way your testicles used to. I expect that it will not be cheap to do, but hey, it's only money and you can't take it with you. And Christoph writes, Run away from implants. They are unnatural, feel strange and out of place. Worst mistake allowing them. One didn't work and is gone. Want the other one gone too. And Street Glide writes, Drives me nutless. Love it. Tight underwear does solve most of the problem. Hell, we're not going to overheat anything. Powder might work in an air-conditioned office, but it's not much help outside in the summer. Just makes a mess. And if you do use powder, don't use medicated. Wow. I thought powder was powder. My solution, give it some time. Mine's shrunk enough that it doesn't seem nearly as bad as it used to be. Sad, depending on your outlook, but more comfortable. I debated having it removed, but the thought of anyone going near that part of my body with a sharp object is out of the question. Look what happened last time. In the final post that I'll read from this is JLC9292, who wrote, Interesting Posts. I kept my scrotum about six months after bilateral orichectomy, and it drove me nuts in the heat of the summer. I had no difficulty in finding a plastic surgeon to remove it, and insurance paid for it. A scrotal reduction is easier to pass the insurance than a scrotal removal, and the doctor is paid more for the reduction surgery. Mine was reduced to nothing, and believe me, it is much more comfortable and looks much better. I never did want implants either. Get rid of the excess hanging skin if it bothers you. It will shrink a bit over time, and everyone is different there. Mine did not shrink much in six months. And in a new thread, in a new subform, in the Unic Archive Message Board subform Story Writers and Readers, subform Story Recommendations and Ideas Board, Douglas, another guest, writes in a thread he entitled, I'm here to have my testicles crushed. And it goes like this. I'm considering authoring a story that takes place in a surgeon's office at some date in the future, say 20 to 30 years. Medical procedures and new powerful painkillers have made the mechanical crushing of testicles the preferred and most effective method of castration. The new government regulations carefully manage a person's sex life and sexual function. For males, this means mandatory circumcision by age 5, mandatory vasectomy after fathering two children, three if the first two are of the same gender, mandatory transurethral resectioning, TERP, by 
age 50, the purpose of which is to not only improve the urine flow, but also reduce erectile capability and eliminate ejaculation via the penis. And finally, mandatory castration through mechanical crushing by age 65. The procedure takes place in a surgeon's office and is attended by a 30-something nurse. Actually, the nurse administers the sexually terminal procedure under the doctor's perfunctory supervision. The procedure takes about an hour, followed by an hour in the recovery room, and then the patient is free to go home with the assurance that his testicles have been killed and can no longer produce sperm or testosterone. As will be seen in the completed story, my futuristic procedure is rooted partly in fact. Modern circumcision, for whatever reason, is already done by largely mechanical means and is practiced routinely in hospitals unless the parents are enlightened enough to intervene. Vasectomies and terps currently take place every day. Circumcision is currently almost mandatory for most recipients. A few boys get to keep their foreskins until age 5. Vasectomies are already mandatory in some parts of the world and urologists today hand out terps like candy. One reason for the increase in impotence in our society. Who's to say castration by one method or another won't become mandatory in the future? Ordered by government bent on population control or by medical necessity? Finally, doctors are almost anxious to prescribe castration at the first hint of testicular or prostate cancer. Why not for other reasons? If this story is successful, wait until you see what I have in mind for the ladies in the sexually controlled mechanistic future society. Comments, please. And KB57Z writes, You might consider the following procedure. Access to the testes plumbing is gained via the lower abdomen, i.e. the route used when a cancerous testy is removed. The blood vessels, etc. are clamped and digesting enzymes are pumped in which dissolve the tissue. To prevent the tissue of the scrotum being dissolved, it has been filled with a protective fluid. This fluid is inert, in contact with normal body tissue, but polymerizes with the dissolved tissue-slash-enzyme mixture, so as the outer envelope of the testes dissolved, a polymer layer forms at the boundary. Once this layer has firmed up sufficiently, the remaining dissolved tissue can be pumped out. The polymer bag then can be pulled out, or it could be used as a ready-made mold for a prosthetic implant. And Douglas replies, Boy, I thought I'd have to wait 20 to 30 years for a technique. I'll take yours into consideration. Thanks, Doug. And May 172001 writes, Sounds interesting. Good luck with the story. Gotta love it. The support for these ideas is great. That's what we love about online communities that really like bring people into the fold, even guests. And back into the stories of penectomies. In the penectomy bulletin board subform, Cock Gone writes in a thread he entitled, Need My Penis Made Useless. And it goes like this. I need something to do to my penis. Would love to need to masturbate it, but not have anything happen when I try it. No feel in my penis would be good. Still want my balls to make me hoary, but... Have my penis useless for sex. Don't care what happens to my penis. And Inked Forever writes, That, dear one, is exactly what happened to me. Just live to be 74, like I have, and all your wishes will come true. And Eunuch 2001 writes, Try banding it. For information on the technique and result, view my story from the fiction archive, Virtual Penectomy. And for those who don't know what a banding is, is... That's what the illustrator is. It's a device that helps you put super tight band, like rubber bands around your testicles or penis or nipples and basically cut off the blood to them like so that they fall off on their own or very simply without lots of blood loss. So that's very disgusting, disturbing. Uh, and Alex Smith writes, So these multiple bandings with several bands gave you permanent results? I tried the same method but got nothing near permanent. 
I did over the course of several days, banding two or three times a day for about 30 to 40 minutes per session. I had numbness only for about three weeks. And Eunuch 2001 replies, Well, it sure worked for me. 11 months so far and still numb. The bands were always applied to a flaccid penis, which I believe causes greater damage to the penis tissue. Also, we all have different physiology. Maybe a little chap was smaller or more delicate than yours and therefore more easily damaged. And P-Town Kev writes, I managed to get my penis permanently numb for about three months at one point, but haven't been able to duplicate the results since. I also banded when completely flaccid, which I think makes a big difference. At the time, I was on Citerone, so it wasn't a problem to ensure that I had no erection at all. I banded behind the glands at the base of the penis for an hour at a time on a daily basis. I was surprised how long the numbness lasted, but eventually the sensation started coming back. I've since tried banding again periodically, but have never managed to get it numbed up for more than a day or two at a time. Now, I want to, uh, just a sort of aside that, uh, if you make your penis permanently numb, that is permanent, not for three months. This permanent is permanent, not temporary. This man meant to say, I made my penis temporarily numb for three months. I don't know why that stuck in my craw, but it did. And Greg Rollerson writes, I think that a common phrase in society should be, I need my penis made useless because everyone else thinks it is. LOL. And in another story thread, but this time not in the other stories thread, this is still in the archive Penectomy Forum subforum, Penectomy Stories subforum, in a thread by Chemistry Kid entitled, Chemicals to Destroy a Penis? And it goes like this. I've written a story called Chemistry Nightmare, where a guy's penis is destroyed when his girlfriend throws some random chemical on it. It was never made clear what chemical was used, and it wasn't important. However, I am now thinking about a story where a guy is using some internet penis enlargement cream, the sort of stuff you rub on your penis or perhaps soak your penis in. I don't know what you're talking about. The girl is going to put something into this cream that is going to ruin him. I'm thinking of writing it from the girl's perspective because the guy is never going to know what hit him. Because this is going to be a carefully planned sabotage, I would like to know what chemicals she should use. It doesn't have to be precise and scientific, but I think this story calls for more detail about this than chemistry nightmare. It would be great to know where she got the chemical and how she thought of using it. The effect I'm looking for is that the guy will coat his penis in the stuff and leave it on while he sleeps. He won't notice anything at first, but when he wakes up, his penis will be either much smaller than it was, melted, burned away, or seriously damaged in some other way. My ideas, drain cleaner, bleach, baking soda, sulfuric acid, and lye. I have no idea what the above would do to a penis. Perhaps baking soda would do nothing, though I know it is a potent cleaning chemical. A tricky... (laughs) Okay. A tricky bit is that the guy should survive this. Is there any real chemical out there that could make the story even moderately realistic? And Christoph writes, Futuresque, penis be gone or such, from the local pharmacy and Viagra provider. And Dickles WB writes, How about call it Agent quote-unquote D for Dickless, a secret chemical agent created by the CIA to be spread secretly in parts of the world to control populations of countries the U.S. does now want to see grow by natural propagation. A nerve agent that strategically targets the reproductive system and prevents erection, while simultaneously destroying and preventing the penis's ability to perform, making it totally unusable and tiny as hell. It does, however, not affect the testes, leaving the males having and wanting the desire to perform, but with a little tiny shriveled up micropenis that won't get hard, and after a certain period of time just dies and drops off. 
Hey, sky's the limit. It's fictional. Have at it. After the specified period of time when Agent D has taken effect, a second dose of Agent E, for eunuch, is then dispersed, causing chemical castration and eventual death to the testicles, which after several months fall off, leaving a man a total nullo eunuch with no desire to fight or do anything despondent. The girl could have either stumbled into it by mistake or stolen some of it unknowingly from her father, who works for the CIA. Either way, just my wild imagination at work, just a thought, hope it helps, can't wait to read the story. And Sidon writes, Hmm, how about he sleeves his dick into something, to keep the cream from drying out, of course, and she puts something, oh, I don't know, super glue or some kind of benzene-gasoline mix that would both saturate into the flesh of his dick and melt the inside of the super sleeve, fusing the two together. In the morning, he either can't pull it off or peels off a lot more than he intended to. That might be gruesome, though. But if you want to ruin penis, stripping the skin and nerves off might do the trick. Oh, my God. Okay. And SACMEC writes, I would be very surprised if a government agency possibly working with a private medical company isn't already working on such a project. Preventing male performance is equally a valid area of discovery as enhancing male potency. Used as a method by the one and only superpower to neutralize a potential enemy sounds deeply worrying. I am sure a combination of drugs exist already that could ensure shrinkage and absolute performance loss. Let's face it, Androcur by itself has this long-term effect, but nuts don't fall off in that reality. As a novel between a loving couple, where one of them is fed up with dick, I think you could come up with an interesting storyline. Good luck. Okay. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet. For you. I hope that you've enjoyed yourself listening to this horror. It's disturbing. I went light on some of the people who really talk about the uh, penectomy details uh, because this is you know, unnecessary <laughs> to get into that sort of leg-crossing detail. Yeah. So what do you think about this? Just for the record, I love my cock and balls. No plans to have them removed. Uh, knock on wood. On that one, just uh, would hate to be like, not having my cock removed. Well, you have to have your cock removed. No, doctor, why? Shits and giggles. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, obviously yet another group of people whom with I cannot relate. But yeah. So, are there any Lou Reed's listeners out there who uh, who are eunuchs? Because there's, according to this, the stats are at the beginning. It's just like a population of eunuchs. Is, it's just blowing up. Maybe it's like Blade and there's like a underground society clubs that I don't know about where eunuchs kind of hang around and don't have sex with anybody. That sounds boring. Um, so to talk about podcast related things, let's stop talking about eunuchs because we get it. They don't like their junk. They might remove it. They might not. They might fantasize about dipping it in caustic materials or freezing it. Also all manner of unlikely endings for your penis if you like. But anyway, podcast news Obviously, if you follow the Facebook or if you follow the, uh, you looked at the last post I made before this podcast went up, I changed media hosts to Blueberry. It's been kind of an odd transition. Some of my podcasts didn't get slurped down by their slurp machine, media slurp machine. I'm still trying to figure out how to reconnect those posts, but um, I kind of miss the stat counter that would tell me how many downloads had been per per episode because that was kind of a nifty a nifty thing um part of the old plugin that i was using um 
But the new one is nice too. And the bonus is that if you have a, a blog that you want to uh, share a Lou Reed's episode on, now you can because you can embed the media with this like embed code that is now on every on every blog post. If you like that, that's nice. And hopefully this will take care of the partial download issue. Let me know if you're still getting partial downloads because then I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what I'll do if that's still a problem because it doesn't make any sense. So the new media thing is in place. That's happening. I've been sending out magnets. I hope everyone's been getting magnets who asked for one. I've gotten three photos back of the 12 magnets I send out. So if you're listening to this and you got a magnet and you haven't taken a picture yet, please do. I don't care if it's a shitty uh, cell phone pic or you take it with a, um, you know, 35 megapixel camera of some variety. Just like to see where those magnets end up. So thanks to everyone who's posted those photos and I shared them on the Facebook and a couple of them on the blog. Um, and I want to thank the people who've been sending the requests for magnets with all the praise in them. It's nice to hear that people enjoy what you do when they send you an email. And I do appreciate it. It's very flattering. Uh, and I don't take flattery well, which is one of my least favorite traits about myself. It doesn't make me want to cut off my dick. Sometimes I don't take praise well. But keep sending it because I appreciate it. <laughs> I should be recording my new demo this week. So there should be a new demo link some of the commercials I've done more recently and coming up, that's coming up soon. I was thinking about making a Lou Reed's cup, a coffee cup. I can't even think of what I would put on it to make it not just horrible to drink out of. <laughs> I mean, me, I drink out of a Goatsy coffee cup, so what do I know? It's actually a cup that looks like that, if you can believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe I'll post photos if you if you ask for it. Oh, I'm just going to wrap it up early on this one instead of the usual ramblings it's uh, spring break at work, so I'm just going to be in my office, weeping. No students to help. And so now to finish the podcast this week, I'm going to do a little, it's going to be a little plug for another podcast. As I've mentioned many times before, I'm a forum member at the Something Awful Forums, and there is a small cabal of Something Awful goons who have other podcasts, and uh, we're all promoting each other's podcasts. So, um, coming up next, for the last 30 seconds of the show, will be a plug for a podcast that I think is pretty fun to listen to. So, I will let the podcast speak for itself, starting now. My name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for You. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. If you're anything like me, you thrive on human darkness. You hear about internet forums full of low-hanging balls and diaper fetishists and panties and sneezing and you're a little repulsed but you're mostly fascinated and that's why you listen to Lou Reed's Internet for You which is a great podcast but since we've already established that maybe you're a little bit like me after you're done listening why not head over to www.deadideabahala.com check out my show it's got some music it's got some comedy it's about 20 minutes check it out Dead Idea Bahala your source for podcasts music comedy Rants, Macy Gray, Smoothies, Hobos, Behendrahenen, and much, much more. Go to the website. Dead Idea Bahala. Come on, join me.